Good morning. Would you please stand and sing with us? Please pray with us. Dear God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for another wonderful day to gather here together and worship you as we truly focus on um, the point that you really are the beautiful one that we love and that we adore. And we pray today, Lord, that you would open our hearts and that you would open our minds so that we could focus on the message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please turn and greet one another. Good morning. Good morning. 
I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful that you've joined us today. We have a slightly abbreviated service today because we're going straight from here to our sanctuary um, for what we're calling a state of the church meeting. We've got exciting news uh, about the future. We've got some things that we want to show you about uh, that we've accomplished and give an opportunity for questions about anything and everything. So um, if you'd be willing, if you'll walk with us over out those doors and to the sanctuary and join us in the state of the church meeting. If it's your first day, you're welcome to join us. We're glad to have you. Um, you can hear a little bit more about our church. Um, we like to frame our announcements in the five practices of fruitful congregations. We have a question already. We're ending, we're ending faster so that we can put them up so then we can go over. But thank you for asking. See, you got thoughtful people thinking it through. We believe in radical hospitality. Whatever we can do to make um, this space friendlier and um, brighter and more welcoming, you can use any seat that's in this room. If you like to sit in the stands over there, if you like to sit at the table with coffee and donuts, which are in the back, um, you're welcome to do so. Um, we have a security check-in station here and um, restrooms here should you need them. Uh, I want to tell you about Supper at 6. It's coming up soon, and um, it's going to be our Easter egg hunt. will be the program after the dinner. You have uh, menu items in your bulletin, and if you would like to go to register today, just simply put your name, uh, suffer at six, and the number of adults and the number of children, and you are registered. And I'll tell you something we're considering about that next year. Season pass. You register one time, you pay one time, and you're done. Um, uh, for dinners throughout the next program year. Uh, we also believe in passionate worship. I'm going to have our children and family director, Aaron Knight, come up and tell us about Children's Church. I'll tell you as she's coming, the chancel keeps progressing in the sanctuary. If y'all travel with us over for State of the Church, you'll see some of the changes that are happening. Good morning. I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries, and we had a little bit of an unusual situation. We usually have our younger elementary and our older elementary separate for chapel. This month, we were glad to have two of our younger elementary joining the church on the usual day out of taking them out. Well, we didn't want to miss that, so this morning we will have children kindergarten through fifth grade all go together. So if those children want to meet me at the back door at this time, I will take them to Sunday school directly after so their parents can pick them up. Up, um, at the usual places. Uh, older children will be in the gym and uh, older, uh, and excuse me, I'm saying it backwards. O younger children will be in the third, fourth, fifth grade room at pickup time after Sunday school today. Thank you. If you all are going to do that, please follow Miss Erin now. We believe in intentional faith development at um, all three levels of children, youth, and adult. We have programming tonight for all three levels starting at 5 o'clock and someone's running towards the microphone. That is uh, Reverend Bob McQuaid. He's going to tell us about adults. I wanted to run from all the way back, but uh, my aging condition, I might have got up here and flopped over. I got you. And that would have caused a lot of problems, I suppose, right? A lot sure. of commotion. Anyway, the last three times that we were in Jerusalem, on Friday evening at sundown, we went to the Western Wall. The Western Wall is uh, the last piece of the Herod Temple. And people from all over the world go there to pray in front of the wall and to put, put written prayers into the stones. Well, on Friday evening, the Sabbath begins at sundown and Jews, religious Jews, come running. That's why I was running. Mm -hmm. <laughs> running to be in that special sacred place for the beginning of Sabbath. Literally running. 
And part of it is cordoned off, and so tourists are back here, unless they want to go up to the wall, but inside it's elbow to elbow. And there are, there are teachers here and there throughout the group. And they have their disciples around them and they're teaching the word of God and they're so excited to get there and to hear that. And there's a, a group of soldiers over there dancing and singing around their teacher. And over here in the large area, you'll see a group of young people, young adults, arm in arm, in a big circle, dancing and singing because the Sabbath has begun. They are there. And so they have a passion to be in that place and to open the Word. And I had a special treat last time. Somehow, I got right down by the wall. And I was within touching distance of a rabbi and some of his disciples. It was elbow to elbow down there. And they had a big cabinet, a big wooden cabinet. And they opened it up and brought out the scrolls, the Word of God. And they danced around with it. And they opened it and he taught from it. They were so passionate. And I begin to wonder, you know, what if on Sunday morning, people were, we were eager, anxious to get to this holy place and to hear Joe open the Word. And Sunday school teachers opened the word. And then I remembered Sunday night, tonight, we're beginning at 5 o'clock, a new study, Bible, uh, study series on the Bible. And Bobby McQuaid is going to teach it on Luke 15. And she will open the big cabinet. And she will take out the word, the word of God. I don't know if she's going to dance around or not. But she'll have teaching, 5 o'clock, social hall, tonight, 5 o'clock, social hall, tonight, 5 o'clock, social hall, tonight, run if you need. <laughs> and interestingly enough, Bobby's energy is higher than Bob's, just on a normal level. He had to, he had to reach down there to get that. Um, she lives that way. Uh, we believe in risk-taking mission and service. You saw the scouts out front gave out bags last week, and they were going to collect bags this week, and you go, dang, that's right. I'm supposed to fill that bag with food. you got plenty of opportunities to do that. Bring it throughout, bring it during the week, bring it next Sunday, and we'll take it over to the scout hut. And you'll see other items that we're collecting in the bulletin. We believe in extravagant generosity. You see um, our report in the back of the bulletin, and I'll have notes on that in State of the church and the state of the church is directly following this service we'll put our chairs up and walk over to the sanctuary so that's uh, everything that we have today if you're a visitor today we're so grateful that you came if you want to give us any information possible we'll reach out to you in that way hope you feel welcome let's pray together heavenly father you have called us to join together and we've come from many different directions, with many different concerns, with many different thoughts of the week that has just passed and the week that is to come. Draw us together as one body this morning, Lord. Give us focus. Give us purpose. Give us a sense of your presence amongst us that we may honor and glorify and worship you. 
Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught His disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Today we're talking about two important gardens. And your first phrase of the day is breathing new life. What does it mean to you to be part of an organization um, that you follow, that you love, an organization that employs you, uh, an organization like the church, to have a new leader that has a fire and an energy and a purpose that you see in that first meeting, in the first five minutes, you go, okay, all right, we're ready now. We're ready to, um, it's going to take us a little while, but we've got the energy and the desire to do this thing. God is about breathing new life into great situations, into difficult situations, into people that have served him forever, into people that have abandoned him, into people that have been for him, into people that have been against him. God breathes new life. Let's talk about a couple of different examples. In the case of Genesis, it's a formless void. A formless void in creation in Genesis. God sweeps down and creates all sorts of life, vegetation, humanity, animals. In the case of the Psalms, God reshapes and breathes new life into a nation. A nation that was destroyed by war, ravaged by war. God says, I'm going to give you new life. In the Gospels, it's Jesus going to people who have completely gone away from the mission and the purpose and have completely abandoned him or never thought they ever had a chance to participate in what God wanted. And Jesus goes to those people and breathes new life, new hope, new opportunity into what they're doing. And finally, in the letters, in uh, almost the back of the Bible, Paul goes from location to location building new faith communities that probably look very different structurally than our churches. You can clearly tell what they are. Um, it took a long time to be that. Instead, he was building people and relationships and communities to follow the word of God. So in each of those cases, in Genesis and the Psalms and the Gospels and the letters, God is breathing new life into something amazing. So we're going to start today with Genesis 2, starting with verse 4. On the day the Lord God made earth and sky... Before any wild plants appeared on the earth, and before any field crops grew, because the Lord God hadn't yet sent rain on the earth, and there was still no human being to farm the fertile land, though a stream rose from the earth and watered all of the fertile land. The Lord God formed the human from the topsoil of the fertile land and blew life's breath into his nostrils. The human came to life, the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and put there the human he had formed. In the fertile land, the Lord God grew every beautiful tree with edible fruit. And also he grew the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot of work. So the next phrase. Plants, crops, rain, water, topsoil. 
what percentage of your um, day, your week, your life do you dedicate to being grateful for plants, crops, rain, water, topsoil? It looks like something's coming, right? Something's legit coming. And um, y'all came anyway. I'm grateful for that. You sit back and you go, Gracious God, thank you for fertile land. You ever do that? We're unlikely to do it because the thing, it's a thing that's there so frequently for us. Even the United States has experienced it before when there was um, uh, all kinds of negative practices out in the Midwest and you ruined land and uh, you had the Dust Bowl and you couldn't produce enough food. But now with our best practices with um, shipping going all the way around the world, we can get fruit anytime we want, anywhere we want, from any store that we want. We can even call now and have them deliver it to our house. That it's, it's neat, it's cool. Does it make you think, gracious God, I'm grateful for topsoil? <laughs> you, ever, you ever driving to work and you got three things that are on your mind? You're like, oh, I got to. But you know what? Even given all that, I'm grateful for topsoil. You ever do that? <laughs> See if you can do that this week. Even so, I'm grateful for topsoil, for rain, for water. There was a simple covenant made in the garden. And it's a pattern that God will follow with humanity all the way till today. A gift. It almost always starts with a gift. In this case, it's creation. In um, Jesus' case, it might be, um, I've been sick with this illness or my nephew's been sick with this illness for some time. Can you heal this person? Can you heal me? Those guys that I love that carried their friend and the house was too packed so they cut a hole in the roof and lowered the friend down in the house and said, can you heal our friend? It starts with a gift. The next thing is an invitation. What do you generally think when you get an invitation? Do you sometimes you think, oh, another thing? Or, oh, yay, I'm glad I get to go to this thing. Might be an email, might come in your mailbox, might be any sort of thing, but the next thing is an invitation. An invitation gives you free will from the very beginning. Come on, we have something special. We hope you will come. I've created something amazing, and I hope you will come. For those people that choose to respond to that invitation, another thing comes, which is sacrifice. A sacrifice in a covenant in which you're saying, I'm willing to change what I say. I'm willing to change what I do. I'm willing to change who I'm around because I'm willing to sacrifice for this invitation and gift that you've given me. And finally, a new life. A new path going forward because I now have this covenant and commitment. Now, what was the very first one? Don't touch those two trees. Does that sound crazy? Is that a, is that a hard thing to do? I'm going to give you a um, 2,000 square foot house with a pool in the back, a two-car garage that's a legit two-car garage. You can pull them both in. I'm going to give you an office. I'm going to give you a playroom. I'm going to give you an amazing yard in which you can play. I'm going to give you one of those crazy tire swings hanging from a taller branch you can possibly imagine. You can swing each other. You can go crazy. All I want you to do just don't go open that door. Just don't open this door in your house. 
how long could, <laughs> this place is crazy. Uh, should I get it? <laughs> okay. How hard would it be to not go to that door? Come on. Oh, I don't want, I don't, I don't oh. want to go. Okay. <laughs> it's a wild scene. In seminary, though, they teach you about that. No, they don't. They don't teach you about that at all. They teach you about Hippolytus and what he thought about this little verse versus that little verse. They don't teach you anything about logistics and any, any crazy thing like that. Hang with me. Hang with me. We are struggling with the sacrifice part. So we like the gift. We like the imitation. We have trouble when we have to sacrifice something major or even minor. That was a beautiful garden that was created. We're now in another garden in our gospel lesson for today. Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to his disciples, stay here while I go and pray over there. When he took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, he began to feel sad and anxious. Then he said to them, I'm very sad. It's as if I'm dying. Stay here and keep alert with me. Then he went a short distance further and fell on his face and prayed. My father, if it's possible, take this cup of suffering away from me. However, not what I want, but what you want. So your next phrase is the peak in the valley. Um, for Jesus to be with those three people is significant. The last time he was with those three people in a truly significant way, he was on the top of a mountain. And on that mountain, his face was transfigured, which is a word, you know, it's hard to capture being there and knowing exactly what it was, but his face was so bright, it was so significant. What they saw, they could never forget it. He gave those three people that gift to be close to him in that moment. And also in that moment, on that mountain, were um, heroes of the faith of his people. In that moment, Peter, who's lucky enough to be there, Peter says, let's build a shelter, a house, a place where we can stay right here with this special thing where we see how powerful you are Let's just stay here. Uh, it, it, it's not exactly the same, but you know, your family goes to Disney and you're having a great time and you're joining each other. You're not thinking about work. You're not thinking about email. You're not thinking about phone calls. You're just enjoying one another. And even Aunt Sally, even she's being friendly today. Everybody's being friendly. You say, hey, let's just stay here. It's easier here. In that moment, Jesus says we can't. We can't. We've got to go away from here. We've got to, now you know who I am. Now you know what I'm about. Now you know I'm connected to the faith that's gone before me. Now you know I have to sacrifice. So they went from a peak in a land that was completely flat in which they saw him transfigured to today where they're in a valley. This is a valley that um, is just in front of the um, uh, smallest part of the holy city. And as you go down one side of the valley, we're singing, we're marching to Zion for uh, um, 
Palm Sunday. When you're in the valley, this is where he is, and he says, I know what I've got to do. Isn't it something that Jesus himself says, I really wish I didn't have to do this. If there's any way, if, if you could take this from me, I would appreciate it. And then what does he say? But your, your purpose, your will, your desire, your hope. And see, that's where that sacrifice comes in. And in that sacrifice, there comes a new hope. We're getting these quotes and these ideas from Adam Hamilton's book, 24 Hours That Changed the World. We read, um, last week we'll read, this week we'll read through the season of Lent. The final day of Jesus' life includes this story where he says, could you take this from me? It's an awful heavy burden. But if you can't, I'm willing to do it. An unmistakable, special nature to that moment, the same as his baptism. He's connected to God in that truly high moment. He's connected to God in this truly desperate, sad moment. And what do you think those disciples who were on the top of that mountain with him think with him down in this valley now? I'm going to read a quote to you from Adam's book. As they entered Gethsemane, Jesus asked his disciples to watch and pray. Then he took Peter, James, and John with him a bit farther into the garden. He did not speak of or display his anguish until he was alone with his three closest companions. It is possible that he felt the need to be strong for others and to keep them from seeing his torment while still needing to share it with someone. Perhaps he felt that these three might be able to understand. Most of us know how difficult it is to be strong for others. Yet we are hesitant to reveal those moments when we are afraid, angry, or grieving. Still, we all need close companions with whom we can share such feelings. That really captures it, doesn't it? We're hesitant to reveal those moments when we are afraid, angry, or grieving. When we don't reveal those moments, we hold those moments. When we can't let go of those moments, then our energy, our spirit, our purpose, they all drop a little bit. And if they drop enough, then we don't have what it takes to take on that sacrifice and we say, I'm just passing it. I don't, I don't care if it gets done. I just can't hold it. So if our church community can create more opportunities for you on Sunday night, on Tuesday morning, on Wednesday afternoon, whenever it may be, Sunday morning, to give you chances to show those moments when you're afraid, angry, or grieving and understand that there are other people afraid, angry, and grieving too, including Jesus himself. You might not think I'm the only one. You might not think God has placed me here, I guess, to suffer. You might instead think that there is a pattern that I'm willing to follow of a gift, an invitation, a sacrifice, and a new life. So this is what we're going to talk about is your final phrase throughout this season. Draw me to both gardens. That beautiful one in creation, which is the standard that you wanted to set of complete beauty and purpose and hope. And draw me to this one too. 
Draw me to this one where I understand what Jesus went through, where I understand what I, where I need to walk in order to sacrifice so that I can understand my purpose, my calling with you in this life. Help me, Lord, to understand gift, to understand invitation, to understand sacrifice, to understand new life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand and join me for our uh, modern affirmation of faith. This is something that um, we believe and recite in our service to reinforce uh, our attitudes. If you'd like to simply listen, you can. If you'd like to join us, you can. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. If you would like to give as the plate goes by, you certainly can. If you would like to give electronically, there's instructions in the bulletin. And if you are a guest today, you can certainly rely on the generosity of our people.
would you please stand and sing this last one with us?
and be grateful for topsoil in the midst of your commute, in that meeting that's going too long, with the strain you're going through with your family. Be grateful for topsoil and everything that's been promised to humans before they ever did a thing. Accept that invitation this season and accept the love of God which is offered to you. Go in peace.